Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast will include mature themes and scenes. This actual play uses the Delta Green role-playing game rules by Arc Dream Publishing. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Dunn, and for tonight's game, I will be your handler. You're all cordially invited to a night at the opera. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your handler, Handler Michael Diamond, and I return to you with another episode of Impossible Landscapes as our agents once again take the stage in the night floors. At the top of the show, as we like to do, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast, where you might just be able to help or hinder our agents in their investigation. And so let us introduce the cast to my right. Hey, this is Miranda playing Dr. Aaron Weber, a.k.a. Olivia Dartford. And I think this go around, I'm just going to try to keep my shit together. Shotgun in hand, Agent Dartford is ready for absolutely nothing. She is praying for a way out. To Agent Dartford's right. Hello, it's Nate. I play Elliot Winter, Special Agent for the U.S. Department of State, also known as Special Agent Oscar Bennett. Just had a mental reset from the young buck Agent O'Neill, and it's given me reason to pause. Hmm, I like that. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Allie, and I play Agent Joanne Hart. Or Agent Ophelia Ward, depending on the day. And I've encountered too many things that feel gross. Good. And last one, certainly not least. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I am playing Brett Hawking, young buck, NCIS agent here, also known as Agent O'Neill. And I'm here to slap some sense into these fools. Wonderful. So when we last left our agents among the night floors, we had just encountered a very strange room that had a series of strange chants and shouting inside of it. They'd found a large pentagram carved into the floor with a vessel which was wafting this beautiful and somewhat strange-smelling smoke into the air. And then just as they were finishing their look around this room, Agent Bennett had suddenly noticed that a strange piece of cloth had whipped its way out the door as if someone with a, a, a robe or a blanket were trailing just out of the door. He'd hunted it and searched it and attempted to locate it just outside the door with, unfortunately, no joy. The agents had huddled together afterwards in an attempt to get bearings on what needed to happen. And, and, and Agent O'Neill had led that verbally and sort of gathered folks together and solidified the group. But they haven't found a way out just yet. So we return. Agents, what is your next move? So I want to take everybody here. We'll be taking a knee, getting together. I just want to say, hey, 
all right? We're like a ship in a fog bank, okay? There's rocks and islands and things, but we got to keep our eye on that lighthouse, all right? What is our goal? What is our lighthouse here? All right, are we looking for Abigail? Are we looking for a way out? Are we looking for the night manager? Are we looking for someone's sister? We need to all be thinking the same thing here. What is what is it that you want right now? What's going to keep us alive and complete the mission? Well, I think we should probably focus on looking for a way out. But Bennett, you mentioned something about maybe we can only access this at night. Does anybody have a watch? Of course I have a watch. Who doesn't have a watch? So then what time is it? I look at my watch. You look at your watch and it looks like it's one o'clock in the morning. I say that out loud. That doesn't wash with any of your internal clocks. It can't be past 930. Snap my fingers. Oh, 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 that's right. One o'clock in the morning. I walk towards the ballroom, towards those windows. Okay, you walk towards the windows. Pull aside the curtain. You pull aside the curtain. Reveals a series of bricks. Which is better and better. And if there's more, I'm just going to follow around the whole ballroom, looking every single window, if any of them might be. Yeah, uh, one of the windows on the far side of the room, you do see a scene. You see a window. You open the curtains and there's a window and there's something beyond this brick wall. It's an apartment room. It doesn't look under the outside, but you see into an apartment room. And in that apartment room, you see a an, an older man, big glasses, thick rimmed glasses. He's got a large bulbous nose, hair is balding except for in the back and a bit on the sides. He has a simple sort of cardigan vest on and over that he seems to wear a reasonably fitting jacket. Both are not of the time, but likely well made. Inside this little scene, you watch him move from furniture to furniture adjusting some things. He seems to be trying to move a chair. And he sits down in an easy chair and sits back and you see him clutch a very small book in his hand and he very carefully cracks it open, moves a bookmark and then runs his fingers over the book back and forth very slowly, very purposefully. Alright, y'all, there's finally is a real person in I'll knock on the window, try to get their attention in the side. You knock on the window. You see him look up and seem to be looking back towards another portion of his apartment. He sort of shakes his head and then goes back to reading. No, not be right over here. Hey, knocking a little harder. Can I open the window maybe? No, the window frame itself seems to be either painted or taped shut vigorously pull on it to try to get it to open. It doesn't seem to budge. I'm looking around to see if any of my compatriots have joined me. That's a good question. Oh, absolutely. 
And I, I had a, I'm going to keep the team together. So if Bennett's going off to look at things, then I'm going to try to keep people together. Okay. Agent Ward. I'm still in the hallway, right? At the moment. If you haven't gone back to the ballroom with Agent Bennett. No, I just want to look down the hallway and see if like it continues or if there's any more doors down this way. Yeah, it definitely continues. And that looks like it hooks left. Ward, now we got to stick together. I, re- I respect your desire to go around that corner, but if we do, we need to grab Bennett first. I'm going to go back into the ballroom, but I'm going to leave the door open. Okay. You leave the door open. Hey, O'Neill, did you have... Was there a pen on the ground? Yeah, I got it right here. I pull out my pocket. Here you go. I want to put a, like an X above the above the doorknob. Okay. Like on the wood, if it shows up. It does. Blue blue ink. I'm just going to put an X above it so that if somehow the store ends up closed, at least we'll know that we've been through here. And I'm going to go back into the hall briefly to put an X above the doorknob of that other door that had the weird brass pot thing in there as well. You walk down that short little path, that short little hallway that leads to the room that you had uh, encountered the the voice that was shouting. You go back and you put a mark on there. And then you're turning back to the ballroom? Yeah. Where did it go? You turn and you look back and the hallway dead ends here. For those of you in the ballroom, when Agent Ward goes into the hallway to say that she'll be right back, you can hear her footsteps. And you're watching the door, O'Neill. Because you're counting in your head, and you watch the door slam shut. I would know. I bet I do. Can I open that door and get Ward? You hustle back over to the door, and you wrench the door open, and you realize there's a brick wall in its place. Of course there is. This is how things are done here. Dartford? What? What, O'Neill? We just fucking lost Ward. Jesus Christ. I thought we were staying together. Yeah, I thought we were staying together. I thought we were staying together. And then Bennett was like, I'm going to go look for a fucking window. And we lost Ward. Okay. If we get separated, Mm -hmm. anyone else gets separated, Mm -hmm. don't go looking for the others. Oh, is this like when you're a small child? And they say, if you get lost, you stay in the one place. I want you to picture something in your mind, Darford. I want you to picture four lost individuals wandering in a building, each looking for a different individual. Each of them focused on that, trying to find the other individual. And I want you to imagine them never fucking finding those other individuals. So here's what I'm going to propose to you that we do instead. If we get separated again... Any one of us three, you try to find an exit exclusively. You keep that like a diamond in your goddamn mind, and you try to find an exit. The staircase down to the third floor. Okay? Don't come looking for me. Don't come looking for Bennett. Bennett, don't come looking for me or Dartford. I'm not going to come looking for you. All right. That being said, 
Do you think we should, as a group, try at least once to find Ward? Or do you think we should immediately try to find an exit? Wait, wait, wait. Y'all just gave that that very long and pretty speech and then you immediately say, should we break that and go look for Ward? Is that is that what you're doing right now, O'Neill? No, 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 no. I'm saying if, if the three of us get divided anymore, because here's the deal is we didn't all decide on that beforehand. If you are one singular person, then you look for the exit. If you are more than one singular person, you can look for other people or maybe the lounge because the door came from the lounge. All right, I got it. Yeah. If we are three people, let's look for the fourth. Okay. Two, I don't know. If we are one or two people, just go go for the exit. Flush yourself. Hey, watch your eyes, y'all. Uh, I'm going to hit this this window, and then I'm going to take my the butt of my gun and sort of cover my eyes and smash, try to smash the window in at the bottom corner. Okay. You smash the window in at the bottom corner. It takes a few serious cracks with the butt of the pistol to do so. But once it does, a massive wind picks up in this room. A gust that you are not prepared for. It bowls you off your feet. And you see the curtains begin to flap in the breeze here. And there's a strange smell that enters the room. It smells like decay and rotten food. Sir, 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 can you hear me? You get close enough to the window, Agent Bennett, to call out for this person, whomever they are. And when you get low enough and you you, you call through that window, you realize the glass is double-paned and there's a gap between these two places. And the gap is both six to seven inches and possibly two to three feet. It's difficult to tell. Your perceptions get a little hazy maybe it's the wind you keep calling does he even seem to respond at all he does not seem to respond in any way O'Neill, i feel like we are lost in in between something like i was talking about before i mean it feels like we are lost in between this brick wall i don't know you want to look for ward how are you going to look for ward we have slipped between the edges of the world here It has slipped its finger into your mind, this place. There has been one constant through this entire thing is the grabbing of your attention. If somebody opens a door down a hall, if you hear a weird music, if you hear, if you see a flash of light, it's a distraction, man. It's distraction. It's just one after another, after another, you have got to center yourself. You have got to ground and you have got to keep in your mind when you open a door, what you want to be on the other side of that door, man, or we're never getting out of here. You can all probably tell that Agent O'Neill seems a little stressed. Son, I'm a little worried that one of these weird things is going to be a threat. So far, there's been no threat, but I feel we have to pay attention to everything. Because at some point, one of these things ain't just going to be a float around and, and be a ghost. Yeah, but they've, it's it's tricked us before, though, too. Not really there. Oh, I agree. It, uh, it can only take from us so, was, so much that we give it. So 
we ignore it, it it won't have any power. I'm with I'm kind of with O'Neill on this one. I think. All right, I'm I'm not quite following how or what or why, but uh, okay. Regardless, um, we have to find Ward, don't we? Speaking of Agent Ward, Agent, you are in a hallway now that dead ended where there was a door. You've marked that previous door you were next to, but it's hard to tell if any of this really makes any difference. Are you going to stay in that hallway or are you going to see where this hallway goes now? I'm going to knock on the wall where there is a door. It feels like a brick wall. It's like knocking on plaster over a brick wall. So there's a heavy thud. I'm going to put an X on this wall too. Okay. You put an X on this wall. Hey, you hear behind you. Uh, I still have my firearm. I'm going to raise it just a little bit and I'm going to slowly turn around. Easy, easy, Tiger. You see Mr. Rourke? What's the problem? There was a door here. Yeah, it's right there. He points at the door. Did it reappear on the wall? No. No. Where this wall is, there was a door here. Mm, I don't think so. Maybe a while back, they did some remodeling recently. Are you looking for something? Uh, Yeah, I'm looking to get back to the smoking lounge. I could use a drink. Oh, for sure. Come on this way. He turns around and walks down the hallway. Okay. I'm going to reholster my weapon, but I'm going to keep that pen out and I'm going to drag it along the wall on the left side as I follow him. Okay. After probably 10 or so feet, you see Rourke look back just over his shoulder and he says, you know, I'm not sure that I'm not sure the night manager would appreciate that. I'll pay for any damages. Okay. He turns the corner. As he does, you turn the corner with him and you see down further the hallway, probably 20 or 30 feet, you see an open door and you see the smoking lounge not far. You pass by a door. As you pass by a door to the smoking lounge, you see a door with a plate on it, brass, a little tinged with age, but brass and dark black letters. And it says, the night manager. I'm sorry, Mr. Rourke, who did you say the night manager was? Who? Yeah, I forgot his name. He leans in. He's some fucking Dago. He winks at you. He's right here. Yeah, I just can't remember what his name is. Castigan. Oh, right. Thanks. Let's let's go have a drink. Okay. He turns around, heads back to the smoking lounge, walks in. Same sort of setup. Four exits from this room. Long mahogany bar. Drinks all over the place. He asks if he can pour you one. Uh, yeah, I'll have a gin martini. Fancy, fancy. He slips behind the bar and begins creating a cocktail for you. Were you in here with some other folks? Yeah, we seem to have gotten separated. I figure I'd wait here for them. Seems like the easiest place, right? It's a nice place to relax. They'll want to relax eventually, I'm sure. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely appreciate it. He pours you a drink. 
and I'll take a sip of it and I'll uh, like raise a glass and gesture to him. Do you happen to know what time it is? Feels late. Of course I know what time it is. He pushes his arm out of the sleeve of his, just out of the sleeve of his jacket and goes, oh, looks like it's about one thirty. Okay. Am I starting to feel tired at all? Nope, not yet. So we'll move back camera to our other agents really quickly. One of the doors to the ballroom opens and you see a young man very carefully walk into this room. You almost see what you imagine yourself look like as you walk into some of these rooms. He pokes his head in. You see a mop of blonde hair. There's a bit of a beard. He's probably a 5'10 or so. He's got a blue button-up shirt on, blue work pants, sneakers. You see him sort of look in one side of the ballroom, and then he steps in. He doesn't seem to have noticed you yet. In the ballroom where we're at? Yep. Can I shout out? Hey, psst, are you lost? He startles, jumps. Ah! He immediately goes in the fetal position by the door. All right, I'm going to like walk moderately towards him and I'm going to look back at my people and everything and be like, you okay? He's shaking and shivering. Darkford would probably rush over like fast with O'Neill, like, if O'Neill's being cautious about it, Dartford is not in this case. And I'll ready my shotgun and point it over towards this person. What's he wearing? You said work clothes? Like, is he, like, what kind of shoes? These look like um, something you'd see a um, cable repair guy wear. You know, some sort of button up shirt, blue to blue black work pants, and then black shoes, not boots, but tennis shoes. Hey, hey, what's your name? What's your name? He looks up at you. Um, I'm, 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 I'm David. Da- David. He seems to try to reinforce the name to himself. Yeah. Hey, David. Hey, David. Hey, 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 hey. My name is. Brett's really trying to remember what their their first name was supposed to be in the agent thing, and they're like, "I'm uh, O'Neill. I'm O'Neill. Hey, hey." You're okay. You're okay. And I'm just like, I'm checking him for weapons. He does not appear to have any sort of weapons on him. All right. So he's not really a threat. He sees your shotgun, Bennett, and you see him like turn away into the, like the crook of the door. And he starts, he he starts babbling. Please, 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 please let me out. Please let me out. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. Please let me out. I think Dartford would try to comfort him. Like, did you, are you, Look, we're lost too. It's okay. We're lost too. And we're going to find a way out. I have my my friends here, Bennett and O'Neill, and they're they're really good at this, it seems like. Um, and it's okay because we're our other friends somewhere too, but we're going to we we're going to find our way out. How long have you been here? He looks up at you, Agent Darford, and you see desperation in his eyes. Six months. There's a there's a room that's got some kind of stale hors d'oeuvres and some old beer. I find my way there every, I don't know, a couple of days. And the food keeps coming back. And so I just keep eating it because it's the only thing I think that sustains me. I've lost, I've lost all my hand tools. I don't have um, any of my work stuff anymore. I, I don't have anything. Um, My wallet's gone. I, 
I just, I need to get out of this prison. I, you have to help me. You have to help me get out. I need to get out now. I, I can't, I, I can't be here another day. I just can't be here another day. Um, you know, I know it seems like a whole lot to ask, but he looks at you, uh, Agent Bennett, and said, "Would you just, would you just put the shotgun in my mouth, please? Just please. I don't, I don't want to live anymore. I'm." I'm I'm so tired. He grabs onto your leg with like a ferocity of a of a dog. Whoa, 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 son! No, 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 no. Nope, that's not what we're. And I'm trying to secure the shotgun and getting away from him. He's not grabbing for the gun. He's grabbing for you. He's pleading with you. O'Neill, O'Neill, and I'm kicking a little bit at the kid. I'm gonna help this guy to his feet, and I'm gonna maintain positive control of his shoulders. He seems to, after you, you grab him and, and get that positive control over him, he seems to kind of wilt. He gives up real quick and he slides sort of back into a, a easily controlled posture. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, I've seen this, uh, Bennett. He's got like PTSD. Hey, just, uh, just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take your hands here. All right. Okay, you're just going to tap one shoulder. You're going to tap the other shoulder. Just back and forth, back and forth. All right, I'm real. You're real. You're here. You're in this moment. All right, man. He does his best to try to follow along with the, the pantomime that you give him. He begins tapping his shoulders. It's try to help him. Yeah, it's eerily, it is a window into a future that your brain begins to consider for yourself. It's uncomfortable, especially for you, Bennett. It's very uncomfortable because David looks like he has been in a bad way for a very long time. Dartford's trying not to throw up from the anxiety of all of this whole situation. David sort of, I guess, trembles. It's the best tr- tr- full body trembles for a second and says, I uh, I think maybe I, I, maybe I could use a drink. I don't like that guy in the lounge. He's not nice. Well, last time we were there, he wasn't there. He brightens immediately. Oh, 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 good. Good. Maybe if he's, if he's gone. David, son, how is he not nice to you? He chased me with a dog once. He called me names. Yeah, all right. I can see it. This ain't going to happen to us, you know, and David will help you. This This ain't happening to us. And I think you can hear me trying to convince myself more than lay that out as a positive thing. You're right, Bennett. It's not going to happen to us. Darford and our new friend here, David, it's not going to happen to us. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to find a door, any door. We're all going to just put a hand on each other's shoulder in a line. And we're all going to think about the smoking lounge. We're all going to think about the smoking lounge. And then I'm going to open the door. Okay. And we're going to give it a shot because it can't hurt. Okay. So Agent O'Neill, roll sand for me. I don't know if I want to be in the front. Oh, it's way too late for that. Way too late. You are, you are at, you are attempting to do something through sheer wheel. I have critically failed my sand check. I have rolled an 88 
over 75. What happens when I open this door? Uh, when you open this door, you find a hallway. One that wasn't here before. And to you, the hallway feels like the right way to go. This must be the right way. All right, y'all. I feel good about this. All right. This feels like 1993 Chicago Bulls. All right. That's what we are. We're a team. Okay. After about 10 or 15 feet in this hallway, you come to a, a right turn and you begin to pick up the scent of cigar smoke. Well, that's it. That's it. I think that's it. Don't lose sight of y'all. Everyone keep in sight with everyone else at all times. We're going, dude, we're going through here together. We got David. We got David, right? Yeah, he's here with you. Yeah, we're doing like kindergarten style, walking, walking through the city. Let's do this. Agent Ward, from inside the smoking room, you begin to hear a dog bark. Rourke puts his drink down. I got to go handle this damn dog. All right. The bar is yours. Enjoy. I'll raise my drink to him again and I'll walk which door he goes out. Oh, just the one right next to the bar. The door shuts. I'm going to hop over the bar. I'm going to look down at all of the, like, I'm going to quietly, if I can, kind of rifle through the stuff that's down there and see if uh, maybe anything could spiking a drink. Fairly quick perusal behind the bar would be, uh, you would find any number of barman's aid or implements, instruments that you would normally see. There's a sink down below here, too. A small one for glasses, it looks like. Behind the bar, there are any number of colored bottles. So brown, light brown, dark green, green. None of them are labeled. There's no, like, little bottles of what might have, like, pills or something like that in them? You don't see any of that. So, Agent O'Neill, you get to the door with that heavy cigar scent at it. You can hear the music, the jazz music playing in the room. Do we do we find the smoking lounge? After opening the door, you certainly do. Oh, thank God. Is Ward in there? Agent Ward is in. Behind the bar, actually. Hey! I thought it would be fine. Oh, thank God. I think I, I think we figured out how this place works. Okay. And we 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 have a friend. This is David. David, this is Ward. You see a young man, probably in his late 20s, sort of almost painfully acknowledge your presence like he doesn't want to be seen. He has a scruffy beard, a mop of hair. He looks a little malnourished. Uh, and upon entering the smoking room, he uh, the smoking lounge, he makes a break for a cabinet in between the bookshelves on the far side and opens it up. And you see that there are hors d'oeuvre plates that have been set aside in here. And they have little things, crackers and cheeses and deviled eggs and stuff like that. And he begins just sort of filling his mouth as quickly as he can, even in sort of a, a fraught and disgusting manner to, to consume as much as he can as quickly as he can. Where did you find this guy? He wandered into the ballroom. Same as us, Ward. Not long after you disappeared. No, Ward, he's been here six months. 
he hasn't been able to find a way out. We haven't been able to find a way out. And then you ran off. And then O'Neill said that if we're alone, then we shouldn't look for the other ones. So we, but then we decided to look for you. Just, but like for the, for a few, just so you know, don't like look for us if you're alone. There are three rules. One, this place is made of ADHD stuff. All right. It's made for distraction. The distractions are there to separate you, pull you around, and keep you. So if you're being distracted by shiny shit, you are wrong. Two, you gotta think happy thoughts all together, all right? You wanna go somewhere, you gotta think about where you wanna go. You can go if you're good and you think happy thoughts. You can, you can all go together. And three, if any of us get separated, this is where we try to go and you stay here until the others show up or you leave. Okay, in regards to your rules, young man, my uh, distraction was specifically to mark where we've been in case things continue to kind of move around in this place. At least it might help for us to kind of know where we've been. Two, sure, that's totally fine. And three, that's kind of what I figured, which is why you found me here. So maybe tone it down a little bit and don't assume that everyone here is a moron. That's good. That's good. I don't think you're a moron. I think you're neat. How do we want... Okay, so David needs to get help. David needs to get out of here, as do the rest of us. Yeah, we got to get out of here, but hey, just like real talk for a second. The, the, tree, the group of us here. When David gets out of here... We got to call Marcus about David so that David can get some professional help. All right. Because David's been in here a long time. Okay. So first things first, what we got to do, we got to, we got to all want to get out of here. I know David wants to, don't you, David? Mm-hmm. David, uh, when David's done wanting eggs, David wants out of here. We all want out of here. All right. All right. I mean, O'Neill, I, I mean, we did see the, the this meditation thing you got going. What about Abigail, though? I mean, if you were onto something here that you know how to, we know how to, but you know how to sort of direct where these doors go, what about Abby? We, we got a chance here then to find her. Okay. Okay, well, let's do this. What are we going to do with David? Are we going to drag David through this building? The boys had a hard time but I think he should stick with us. Yeah, well, I'm saying is, like, let's get out of here, and then if we want to, we can come back. Now, now I'm going to be I'm going to re- be real honest with you, son. If, if we get out of here, I don't see myself ever, ever coming back, no matter what. We could get out of here, and we could burn the whole goddamn building to the ground. I think that's way more likely, so... I think the business needs to be done before we get out because I, I do not want to come up to these night floors again if we get out. We could buy the building and dismantle it brick by brick and dump all of the bricks in the Hudson Bay. We could absolutely do that, but we all need to be in agreement before we open another door and we all need to be attached when we do it. Are you, are you calling for a vote? Is that what you're thinking? I vote we get the fuck out of here. That's my vote. And I sit down in an overstuffed chair with my Victoria, my expected Victorian pornography. 
and and my light cordial. I don't know. I feel like we are this close. We have a responsibility to that girl to try at least to do what we can do. I hate to say this, but I agree. With which one? Oh, with Bennett. Uh, that we should try to at least try put a good effort in um, because she might be dead. But I feel like we would be I agree that if we don't try now that we're never going to try because we're not going to come back and we're going to burn the fucking place to the ground. Ward? Initially, we weren't tasked to find her. We were tasked to catalog her apartment. Right? And I mean, if this young man here exists, Abigail might exist, and I feel like with all of the weird shit that's down there in her apartment, if we can find her, maybe she can give us some fucking answers and if we can bring her back then that makes things easier and then probably we should burn the whole fucking building to the ground I don't like the notion of finding her but I feel like if she's still in remotely her right mind unlike our young friend here maybe she has a better idea he's, he's, he's shook up but he I don't think he's, he's broken he's shook up yeah alright so two things two things how about if we're going to do this, we're going to go deeper. We're going to try to find Abigail. All right, let's set, let's agree on a parameter. How about three doors? We try three doors. If we can't find her after three doors, we try to make it back here and we get out. That seems entirely reasonable. Yeah, we should also talk to our friend Davey over here and figure out whether he wants to come with us or he wants to stay here. Well, I don't think he's going to want to stay here because um, that guy, Mark, was his name, right? He, um, He's mean. All right, well, here's the deal is we don't have to suppose what he wants to do. We can call... Hey, David, David. You look over and you see that David's on the on a nearby couch asleep. Oh, a sweet boy. Okay, well, we don't want to just leave him. Can I, can we, should we wake him up and ask him what he wants to do? Oh, absolutely, we should. Um, because he didn't want to be here. He didn't even like this room because of the, the guy chasing him with the, with the dog. Yeah. Rourke, he said. Yeah, Rourke chasing with a dog. Rourke just went behind the bar to take care of a dog. Like, there was a dog barking. Waking up, David, is not terribly hard. Um, he wakes up a little startled at first, and then when he notices some familiar faces, he calms a little bit. What? What? I just wanted to sleep. Yeah, that's cool, man. You're good, buddy. So here's the deal. All right, we came here looking for a person. We want to try to find her like we found you. All right? So we've got two options. You've got two options. You've got some agency right now, my friend. So you can stay here while we go try to find the person and then come back. Or you can come with us. And those are the two choices we're presenting to you. You have those two choices. What do you want to do? I'm going to stay here. Okay. That makes everything fucking easier and you made the right choice. It's safer. I'm sure it is. And I'm just drinking my cordial. Who's piloting the next knob? Oh, well, um, I mean, you did it the first time, O'Neill, and you seem to know what you're doing 
with this. So I, um, I mean, I would feel the most right if you did it because it was your idea and also you did it the first time. Yeah, I know, but I kind of don't want to. Is, is that the consensus of the party? Worse yet for you, Agent O'Neill, it is the consensus of your own mind. You begin to see that these floors have a, a way that they are made up. Even looking through the floor here, you realize, yeah, if I just walk out this door, I could just decide that I want to go to this place and I just need to focus. We're going to all stay together and we're going to open a door while thinking about Abigail. Okay, you do so. You open the door and you walk into a hallway. You walk through this door down a, a short hallway and this is a hallway you recognize agent ward you were just in this hallway but it was it had to have been on the other side of the room there how to get here you see your own mark on the wall you see that blue pen mark as it skitters down the wall and you see it make loops big loops you don't remember making these loops it makes loops one after another and then it's scribbles a word still keeping the flow not sure what that word says that's not English Agent Bennett you notice a door on the right hand side there's a clear placard on it it's made of brass dark letters mark it says the night manager oh, wait 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 this is the Castigue guy this is the, this is the guy that's supposed to O'Neill, we should uh, board Darfur. We should, and I, I knock on the door. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. I prefer you knocking on the door than just opening one, but yes, that's perfect. Okay. I'm right here. We all here. You knock on the door. After a few moments, you hear some footsteps come towards the door and the door opens. You see a elderly man could be a Poor man's Albert Einstein of sorts. You've seen this man before, of course, Agent Bennett. You saw him through a window, not far. Large, thick glasses, hairs, mostly balding. He uh, opens the door and sees so got a must be a, a a black cardigan that he's got on. He's fairly smartly dressed, if not completely out of the era. Yeah, can I help you? Mr. Castigue, mean the night manager. Manuel uh, gave us your name, said we should we should have a chat. Manuel. Oh no, Manuel, Manuel. He's an artist. You gave him uh gave him a place to do 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 his painting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the basement, in the basement. He seems to point down. Exactly. Who uh who are all you? Well, it's good to meet you, sir. I'm uh, I'm Oscar Bennett. This is, uh, my compatriots. Compatriots. He seems to look off into the distance when you say the word compatriots. Then he comes back center just a moment later. Well, uh, how can I help you? Is a pipe or a door off a hinge or what, uh, what's the problem? Well, we got, we got two problems, sir. Uh, we're hoping you could help us with both of them. One, we're, uh, trying to track down and talk to, uh, Miss Abigail Wright. 
And we have reason to believe that she found herself here. And then two, we are, we are dreadful lost right now. And we could use your assistance pointing us in the direction of the ground floor. Hmm. Well, uh, Miss Wright lives on six. He points upstairs. The damn salesman. I haven't seen her recently, but, uh, he sort of shrugs. Almost this <laughs> elderly man's shrug as if, eh, whatever. She pays the rent with cash, so I don't ask questions. On time, he wags a finger at you. That's important. That's important. She has manners, then. That's important. Maybe a weird question. Does she seem happy? I mean, on six, I know she moved from one apartment to another. She, she seem happy being here? As far as I know. As far as I know. I haven't seen uh, Miss Wright in a few... Well, it's been a little while. He sort of stares out over the rest of the group assembled here. Are you all looking for her? Yeah. It's a beautiful building that you manage here, by the way. Yeah, she's uh, old glory. Old glory. Those those pipes, though. Uh, so many days and nights spent uh, trying to repair of if that fool Rourke had any sense about him, he'd stop the moon shining. But uh, he keeps saying that he needs the he needs it for the parties that they have. And the superintendent is always a fan of parties. And so I just I try to stay out of his way. And that damn dog he keeps around. Always barking. Do you want uh, some coffee? That would be great. No, no. Come on in. He turns around. This part is significantly strange for you, Bennett, because you see the window you were looking back through on the other side. You get the inside the terrarium view of what you had before. And yeah, this this apartment looks exactly like what you saw from before. I mean books and, and, and newspapers stacked in certain places. It's wall to wall here inside the immediate space. I think I immediately am looking for the little book that I saw him pick up. Like this can't be real. This can't be right. He takes you into a very small, probably honestly two person kitchen. <laughs> There's not really room for as many people as in here, but you're you're able to take up a little bit of the extra space inside the, the main entryway and he begins pouring tiny cups of coffee you know maybe half the size of a modern coffee cup these are old school diner saucer and cup versions you can see him pour coffee out of a probably a 70 year old percolator he with a shaky hand hands you a cup agent ward and then you agent darford ladies first of course Manners. And I will take a sip of the coffee right away. Oh, yeah. That tastes like pure gasoline. Fantastic. Darford's not drinking anything. I will say thank you politely, though. Uh, he uh, hands everybody who's interested some coffee. It is going to afford the assembled group. I'll give you a search roll just purely based on the amount of time you're going to have in here visually. All of us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Darford passed. I see that, Agent Durper. I have failed my search roll. 
happily. I rolled an 11 under 40. That's a very good roll. I have critically failed a 50-50 search roll. I have rolled a 99 over 50. Uh, So, Agent O'Neill, you become transfixed by something on the wall here. It's a clock. And the series of symbols in this clock are fascinating. Once you begin looking at it, you have a very hard time peeling yourself away from looking at it. There's a symbol there. It reminds you a little bit of something you might have seen in Abigail's apartment, maybe? You can't remember. Maybe in that ma, the collage of stuff she had in the wall. And because it's a fumble, I'm not going to ask you to make a sanity roll. You're just going to automatically fail. Okay, I'll mark that down. So you'll be a little busy for a few minutes. Now, Agent Dartford, one of the things that you come across here, just in this space, having having had to back up so that way the night manager can sift his way through the, the group, uh, you see a s- stack of yellowed newspapers and some magazines nearby. The dates on them aren't any more recent than the 1940s. And there are some headlines here that are just flat out bizarre. So there's a there's a New York Tribune headline from June 1st, 1923, that talks about the Russo-Germanic pack crumbling and that Vienna has been liberated. And while you didn't major in history, none of that sounds familiar at all. Agent Ward, you get a moment alone with yourself maybe it's the coffee or whatever is posing as coffee that you report or maybe it's agent bennett who keeps mr kaskin a little busy but you get pushed back a little bit into a, a bedroom a connected bedroom that the door was open in and because you've critically succeeded on your search roll, you find yourself in a very small cramped bedroom You notice that on the nightstand, there's a small, tiny, you think it's a book here? It's less a formal book and more really like a collection of pages that have been sort of wrapped together with some yellowed cloth binding. Okay. Is our host preoccupied? At the moment, he seems to be, but if you're going to make a move for the book... It's going to have to be rather quick. I'm going to just try to step into the room. Almost like I fell over and try to like knock the book off the table so I can pick it up. All right, Miss Hart. Let's see. Your stealth is not great. <laughs> no, my stealth is really not. It's really bad, actually. It's, my stealth is trash. I like it. I want you to roll your trash stealth for me. <laughs> my bullet dice are happy. I rolled a zero eight. So you succeed. Yeah. That is uh, rather fortunate. Perhaps. I was not anticipating that working. You step across the room and quickly snatch the book up. Bennett, you were having a uh, reasonable discussion with the night manager here, sort of about uh, any number of topics. For the most part, Dartford, your 
appearing as if you're paying attention while you're perusing these newspapers. The night manager turns to you, Bennett, and says, uh, so you're, you're looking for Miss Wright? Trying to track her down? Yeah, we, uh, came up from her, her old room downstairs and her parents are a little bit worried. Her dad's a little bit worried and folks a little bit worried because she left without leaving no trace and we figured maybe she'd made her way up here to a, a new room. So I just sort of want to check in on her, make sure everything is okay. Now, I have to be truthful with you, sir. We're also a little bit uh, puzzled on how to how to make our way back downstairs now that we found our way here. Any any of the stairways should do. You just have to you just have to find them and walk down. It's it's it's, uh, it's not a difficult thing. It's uh, I mean. You got up here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. So when you say uh, just find any, um, this may be a weird question, any special technique on finding these stairwells that you might, you might recommend? Because we ain't, we ain't found any. Oh, just, uh, he points out, he points towards, back towards his door. If you just uh, head out the door and, and take a left, you should be able to, find a staircase easy you watch him begin to mentally drift again agent bennett mm-hmm. and then you you see him begin to go through a series of tremors like he's his body position and, and his body posture changes and uh his face a face which is long and, and wrinkled you see him get immediately flush Dartford you see this too and he he looks at you and he goes no 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 the crown is mine mine and he gets angry and he surges towards his bedroom that door the one door opposite the kitchen and then Dartford and Bennett realize they don't see Ward. O'Neill, you snap out of it at the yelling. What? What's going on? The old man surges towards his bedroom door and bangs the door open. You put that down. It's mine. Um, there's an old man standing in the doorway here. He is very, very mad. I just dropped the book. He stalks over towards you, reaches down very, very carefully. You can tell that is taking an immense amount of physical strength for him to bend down as far as he has to. And he picks up this, something that looks like a book made out of these tattered pieces of cloth. Yeah, you won't get it from me this time. Who's, they sent you. They sent you. She sent you. No one sent me. You knew right where to go for it, though, didn't you? I'm sorry, I was just taking a look around and I saw it and I was curious. I think your time here is done. Get out. Ward, what did you do? I saw a book. Mr. You can't just go around touching people's stuff. Uh, um, Mr. Cassidy, it's... I'm, uh, I'm, sor- I'm sorry for my companion acquaintance. Uh, my acquaintance, um... I, um, I'm sure that she didn't mean anything by it. No, I sure didn't. He still looks very agitated. The crown is mine. Uh, it, 
it absolutely is yours. I don't think any any of us would want to take that from you. No, absolutely not. But but you'd go in my room and sift through my stuff and, and touch my things and try to take this book. Yeah, Ward. I wasn't going to try to take it, which is true. I wasn't tr- going to try to take it. I just wanted to look at it. My friend has obviously forgotten her manners, Mr. Cassidy, and I'm I'm a- eternally s- sorry for that. You know, once we find Abigail, we're going to leave and then I can get her out of your hair and out of the way. So I'm, I'm, I'm just so sorry. Agent Bennett, this is the book you saw him reading. Of course it is. Of course it is. Is it still lying on the floor or did he pick it up? He has, he managed to pick it up. He has been sort of shaking it uh, indignantly at, at Agent Ward. So I would have approached to be within sort of grabbing distance of this ancient night manager, but I'm just in case, but I'm not getting involved other than if something turned in an odd way, I'd be within grabbing distance, but I'm just watching the ladies at work. He is um, ushering you out of his bedroom, Agent Ward. I'm not resisting. Okay. He then says sort of in a in a huff, you're free to leave. Now, all of you, go. Great job. This weird place is weird as fuck, too. I kind of lean in as I'm help, like I'm moving Ward back, and I'm like, I saw a bunch of newspapers that don't even have the right sh- stuff on them, and I, um, I mean, he seems like a nice enough guy, but I think he could flip on us in a second. We should probably just get out of here. Yeah, no kidding. And I will be the first one out the door so that he sees that I am actively leaving. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to make sure everybody stays together. Mr. Castig, you a thousand, a thousand apologies. I, I really apologize for it. I'm, reach out a hand, try to get a handshake. I'm really, I'm really sorry. He gives you one, uh, Agent Bennett, but very begrudgingly. And I use that moment to try and get a, get an angle on that book in his other hand and see if I can get any, maybe give him a little tiny, not like a, a pull, but maybe a little bit of a movement just to see if he readjusts. Just really want to get eyes on that thing. Yeah, so I won't bring it down to a dice roll. Just ask what your uh, search is. Oh, my search is 70. That's pretty good. I'm a searching fiend. There's something scrawled across the front of it. You pick out two words. The first one is imperial, and the second one is dynasty. And Mr. Kasky, all my best with keeping and securing your crown. He seems to physically rile just a little bit, and he... He nods, he nods to you, and as you're letting go of the, the handshake, he says, uh, Hildred's got no chance. He puts his hand on the doorknob and slowly closes the door. Well, Ward, that was a thing. Did you get a look at that book at least? No, I barely picked it up. Really? Because he zeroed in like a homing missile on... Yeah, it was really out of place like a lot of other stuff is here. So I wanted to see if it matched any of the other stuff we had seen, but I had just lifted it off of his table. You know, that's that's the gentleman I saw through the window, through the ballroom. I broke his window. That that was the room. Well, you wouldn't have seen that word because you had wandered, but that I looked at that apartment from a place that it could not have been. 
Yeah, I don't see how that ballroom would have wrapped back around to this side of the building. But we kind of knew that already, that this place is fucky. You all hear a dog bark. What the hell is that? Sounds like a dog. That's their work dog, I would guess. Oh shit, David. What about David? Hey, it's happening. It's happening again. You got one door. You all got two more doors. And then we turn in this bus around. Well, wait, O'Neill, does that count? Because I knocked on that. We didn't actually open that door, so maybe it didn't count as our three doors. You know what? Actually, that was a free door because we actually opened a door previous to that. And then that the knocking on the door was a free door. So you actually still got your two doors left after that. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I have a little green book here and I wrote it down. Now, he said all we got to do is find a stairwell and that there's one just to the left, I believe, is what he told me. But I, I think that's where we came from. Do you want to go to the left together as a group and see if we can find a stairwell? Is that what you would like to do? Handler, is the is the dog barking coming from the left or the right? Or can we tell? It's, it's coming from the right. So having left the night manager's office, if you go right, it would be continuing in the direction away from the smoking lounge. I'm open. I'm open. Y'all have, have an idea. My head's spinning, as you as you know. Well, I don't think we have to worry about that dog, right? I mean, David said he got chased by a dog, but you do worry about the dog. You do have to worry about the dog. You have to worry about the dog being a distraction. Okay, that's not what I meant. But okay, O'Neill. I know that's not what you meant, but that's what I want to keep in your mind as your friend. Yeah, I'm not sure we're there yet, buddy. All right, all right, all right. Let's 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 keep it focused. I mean, we don't have to like each other. We do have to work together. And hey, we may spend eternity locked up in this. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I'm not going to joke like that because I, I can't get my head around that. Nope. Not if we stay together. All right. Let's go left. How about we go left? Want to go left? Left is right. Let's do it. You go left. You walk back towards a door you recently came through. You hear music coming from it. It's different music. It sounds a little bit more, we'll just say uh, classical rather than jazz. Or did you mark this? Is this one of these marked doors that you've done? Nope. There'd be a blue X right above the doorknob. The door opens. That's another free one, O'Neill. You see a... Uh, Man, average height and heights, beautifully dressed in a, a tuxedo carrying a plate of hors d'oeuvres, walks out of a room where it appears there are people dancing. At least that's what it seems like from over his shoulder. He says something to you, O'Neill, in a very bubbly and strange language. Wide smile across his face and he leans down and shows you the plate of hors d'oeuvres. Shows really all of you in this hallway the plate. And it seems like there's little trays of gelatin. Little bits of gelatin, different colors. Green, pink, yellow, purple. I'm going to refrain from the food. Okay. I, I take one and keep it in my hand. He nods. He seems to pause for a second and gives the other two an opportunity to make a choice 
Yep, I'll take one. Okay. He turns around and then heads back towards the room he came out of. Uh, what's, it, what's it taste like? Y'all got to try that? No. No, there's no way I'm putting this in my mouth. I was just being polite. Ward. Ward, you, you, you going to do this? I'm going to mark the door. Yeah, let's mark the door. I'm going to look at what's in my hand. It's uh, gelatin, but after some fairly careful examination by you, Agent O'Neill, there seems to be a tiny bug in the middle of it. It's a gold bug. Oh, not like a fly? No, no, no. This is more like a maybe a beetle of some sort. Decorative. Maybe? If I pulled the beetle out, is it alive? No. Oh. Okay. It almost looks, looks like a yellow M&M almost, and that, that sort of yellowy color. Perhaps it's made a, it's like a, a chocolatier's creation. Yeah, you, you still not get me to put that in my mouth, so it's going in my pocket. Okay. All right. So is that is that free? So you got two more? Yeah, that was a free one. There, there wasn't anything good in there. Mama's 70th birthday party. I don't need that. All that gelatin. Look, we're all still together. We're doing this right. Does anybody else want to lead? Uh, I'll go ahead and lead. I'll take a turn. Okay, well, I just want to be respectful here. So I'm just going to like put my hand like lightly on your shoulder so that I keep, you know, is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So we went back down the hallway from what looked like we would have been heading back to the lounge and turned right. Does this hallway continue or is this a dead end? It does continue. Okay. So I'm going to continue on to wherever the next door is. Yeah. It doesn't take you more than 30 or 40 feet to find the next one. Okay. And I'm going to like roll my eyes and begrudgingly do that thing that O'Neill recommended of like focusing on what we're looking for, which is Abigail. I'm going to hold onto the doorknob for five or six seconds with that focus and then open the door. All right, roll sand. Uh, that is a 46 under 78. Okay. You um, open the door. It's a deep room, a little bit wider than, say, the ballroom was. And it's not as well lit, though. Although there is music playing in here, too. It's a series of notes played maybe on a, perhaps that's a Victrola. It's a little darker than you would prefer. And at the back end of the room, there's what looked like a couple dancing. That is definitely a woman. At least one of them is. She's wearing a pretty gold and black dress. And she seems to be dancing with a gentleman, a tall gentleman, who is wearing a black tuxedo. And I'm going to call towards them. Miss Abigail, right? Is that you? They continue to dance. They dance back left and back right throughout this room. You see that there are also small, tiny cocktail tables set up along parts of the wall here. There are champagne flutes on them. If you didn't know it any better, you'd think this was a wedding reception? 
It definitely has that feel. There's a lot of fun and nervous energy in the room. The figure in the dress stops and sort of stares back towards the door where you're at, Ward. And it turns its head. You can't get a a huge amount of definition because of the lighting in here, but they seem to have noticed that you've called out to them now. And I'll call out again. Abigail, is that you? The figure waves. Well, no, that's, that's not a yes or a no. No, it's not. And we can't see your face? You can't. It's a distance and a lighting issue, Agent Bennett. I'm going to turn to Bennett. Do you think we should ask her to like hold two fingers up if she's Abby or something like that? Let's just go in. All of us. Together. Yeah, I'll, I'll start walking close enough to see your face. I'm not sure I want to go in this room. I feel like if that was her, she would have given us a straight answer. Unless she couldn't. Look, anytime you want to turn around and find an exit, I'm right here with you. You want to change your vote? I walk in. I guess we're going. I follow Bennett. The Victrola music picks up a little. The four of you enter the room. On either side of the room where these cocktail tables are, you begin to see these silhouettes come closer towards the center of the room. People begin dancing. Shapes begin dancing. You're the first one, really, that notices, Agent Ward, that these shapes are marionettes. Full, human-sized marionettes. Each one obsidian black with a uh, beautiful amount of artistry carved into their forms. They partner up and they dance. You see that these marionettes have a wonderful series of strings on all of their limbs as they dance together, as any marionette would. But what your keen perceptions also reveal is that no one is controlling them. They dance on their own. Yeah, I'm going to draw my gun. Well, we're going to draw the episode to a close. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Impossible Landscapes as our agents continue to explore the night floors and perhaps answer the question soon. Is that Abigail? Thank you and good night.